Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. Today we are in week two of a series that we're calling Beyond Bless, and this is a series where we're talking about what the Bible has to say about money. And here's what we're trying to define. Here's our best working definition of this word blessed. And this blessed means having God's power working for you. Now, here's what I don't want you to do. I don't want you to associate this word blessed with materialism. Because we never have, nor will we ever promote this prosperity gospel where you give to get something. No, we never give to get. We always get to give. Like you can't buy a blessing, guys. So like, so when we're talking about blessed, we're not talking about anything materialistic. What we're talking about is having God's power working for you. And the, and the Bible is very clear that for the way for you to experience that, For the way that you can experience, if you're watching online, this, the the, the best way that you can experience that, having God's power working for you is obedience. It's obedience. Jesus says this in Luke chapter 11, verse 28, but even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. In other words, that when you hear God's word and you put it into practice, In this area of your life or any area of your life, you will be blessed. That Come on, church. That God's ways are God's ways for a reason. And they're always to help you. It's always to make your life better, not worse. And so what this verse is saying, what Jesus is saying is that don't just be a hearer of God's word, but be a doer of God's word. Because when you do God's word, you will experience blessing, having God's power working for you. Let me put it this way, that obedience always leads to blessing. And so we have some resources for you in this series just to help you in this journey. And one of those is this book, Beyond Blessed, and where a lot of the content that we get, it's actually from one of my pastors, uh, at, at Pastor Robert Morris, who serves as the lead pastor at Gateway Church in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, where we had a chance to be able to serve before we started this, uh, this whole church planning journey. And we wanted to make an investment into you and to give you a copy of this book. And so we gave out a lot of these books last week, but if you weren't able to get one, On your way out, you'll see a spot right by our welcome home sign, and we would love to gift you this book for absolutely free 99. I mean, this is yours. We want to give this to you to make an investment. And here's my only ask is that if you take it, all I ask is that you read it. That's it. Just read it. And so this, you can get this today. Uh, while as long as we have some left, go and grab one. Please grab one. This is why we got it. We got it for you. And then the second resource that we have is an online devotional. We have a 28-day online devotional that you can pick up at any time. You can find that on our website or our church app. And it's just another resource as we're diving into this kind of content for you to be able to apply this in your everyday life. So those are two resources for you in this series. Now, this week, uh, for today's message, I really want to deep dive into a principle 
that we briefly touched on last week. And this is the principle that has completely changed my life. I'm telling you, this is something that has impacted my life in so many different ways. And I'm excited to be able to deep dive into that today. So this week, if you are taking notes, which I hope you are, inside of that worship guide that they gave you is actually something that you can take notes on. I always encourage you to do that just simply because you'll remember it more. So if you're taking notes, I want to talk about this principle today that God is the owner. I'm telling you, that principle right there has changed my life. God is the owner. And just so you know, right off the bat, that this principle will go against your natural lean. Like, like none of us, are, our natural lean is towards this. In fact, it's because we are all born selfish that we have this natural lean towards ourselves and what's ours. And that's why, like one of the first words of any infant, any baby, outside of mama, dada, you know, kind of the, those two staples, one of the first words always is this. Anybody know? Mine. Yeah. It's mine. That's why it's always one of the first. Like, we don't have to teach our kids that. They just start saying that. And so Heather and I experienced that. And we have, we have two kids, two little boys, Jordan and Caleb. And look at them all swagged out and they're Mickey and they're all like, uh, we love those guys so much. They're incredible and they're, they're amazing. They're handsome. They're, they're incredible kids and we love them. But, you know, this may shock you. This may shock you. But from time to time, those little world changers, from time to time, I'm telling you, this may shock you. They're selfish. They are. They can have these moments where those guys are so selfish. But here's the thing that we've thought about. Like, we never taught them to be selfish. We never sat them down so that they can learn that lesson. Okay, boys, this is how you be selfish. No, like, we never taught them to be selfish because we all, like, like, like they, they do, I do, you do, like, we all have this natural lean to hold tight to what we got and say, mine. It's not just kids that do that. Like, I know plenty of adults that grab a hold to what they have and they hold closely and just like a little baby, they go, mine. Mine, mine, mine. But the message of the Bible is something very different. The message of the Bible is not mine. The message of the Bible is that God is the owner. So if he is the owner, my question is, what exactly belongs to God? And so let me share three things as I studied scripture leading up to this message, three things that belong to God if he's the owner. And here's the first one. Everything. Everything belongs to God. Everything that you have, every possession, every dollar, every asset, it all belongs to God. Everything belongs to God. And we see this all throughout the Bible. Listen to what it says in Psalm 89, verse 11. It says, the heavens are yours. And most of you are good with that. You're like, yeah, heaven, that's yours, God. And the earth is yours. Everything in the world is yours. You created it all. And then in Psalm 50, verses 10 through 12, it says, For all the animals of the forest, this is God talking, are mine. And I own the cattle on a thousand hills. 
I know every bird on the mountains and the animals of the field are mine. I love this little flex by God right here. It started verse 12. If I were hungry, I would not tell you. I love that. It's like a little flex. It's like, I ain't telling you nothing. Like, if I had a need, which I don't, I would not be telling you about that need. If I were hungry, I would not tell you for all the world, everything is mine and everything in it. And then I love this in First Chronicles chapter 29, which I had you turn to at the beginning. It says this in verse 10. It says, then David, he praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly. And let me pause right here and just say, this is what I'm trying to get us to say as a church. If I could say, hey, like our church, man, this is our cry. This is where we want to be. This is the perspective that I believe that God wants us to have. David is known as a man after God's own heart. And listen to what he says. He says, oh Lord, the God of our ancestor Israel, may you be praised forever and ever. And let me just say, I'm so grateful for our worship team that leads us so well with such like, not just talent, but authenticity and integrity as they lead us. Because that's what we get to experience every single week when we get in here is that we get to worship God, that, that we get to do that. May your name be praised forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Everything in the heavens and on earth is yours, O Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Wealth and honor, they come from you alone, for you rule over everything. Power and might are in your hand, and at your discretion, people are made great and given strength. Oh, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we could give anything to you? Everything we have has come from you. And we give you only what you first gave us. Come on, church. Everything belongs to God. And when you understand that, when you get a revelation of that truth, it will change everything. It will change how you view money and possessions. It'll change how you handle and steward money. But let me tell you from experience, one of the greatest benefits of understanding this principle that everything belongs to God is that you will not grieve it when God asks you to give it away. That is one of the greatest benefits of understanding this truth, is that you won't grieve it. You won't feel regret or sadness when God asks you to give it away. And maybe you've experienced that. Maybe you've experienced a time where maybe you were generous, and as soon as you were generous, you experienced grief or regret or sadness. But when you get this and understand this principle, you won't feel grief or regret or sadness when you're generous because you will know that everything belongs to God. Now, let me give you a very practical generosity opportunity to see this in action. Um, just will anybody here have the courage and the boldness, the conviction, because you are being taught the word of God with such authority that you feel the conviction and the, man, the, just right now, I'm just going to ask somebody to feel God and to be able to say, I, 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 I'm going to ask you to have a generosity opportunity to give me $100 cash. 
Just anybody. Does anybody have anything? Wow, my goodness. Daniel. <laughs> right on the front row. Man of God, right here. Made a decision. I'm, I, I, I hear you call, God. I'm going to stand up and bless this man with $100. Thank you for that. Now, why did Daniel give me that $100 so fast? Is it because like he was just waiting for the generosity opportunity? He was just sitting there waiting on the edge of his seat. And when God called, he answered, no, he did that because I gave him this before church (laughs) and told him at this point in the message, I want you to stand up and give me this money. That's why he did it. Now get this church. He is not grieving, giving me this $100. He is not feeling sad. He is not feeling regret after giving me. Why? Because it wasn't his money. Now, the reason that we often grieve after we give is because deep down we think it's ours. But let's not forget that everything belongs to God. Here's the second thing that belongs to God, is that the tithe belongs to God. The tithe belongs to God. Now, this word tithe in the Bible, it comes from a Hebrew word that just simply means tenth. Now, here's the truth. Just like point one said, it all belongs to God, 100%. But the Bible specifically and intentionally talks about returning the first 10% in a principle called tithing. And here's my best definition of tithing. Tithing is returning the first 10% of your income to God through your local church, which allows him to bless the rest. That's tithing. Tithing is returning the first 10% of your income to God through your local church, which allows him to bless the rest. Now, tithing essentially is this. It's believing in faith that God can do more with 90% than you can do with 100%. And it will take faith. By the way, just like everything in following Jesus, everything will take faith in this whole following Jesus thing, including tithing. And tithing is saying, like, God, I believe in faith that you can do more with 90% than I can do with 100. Let me show you in scripture, Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30. It says a tithe, 10% of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees belongs to the Lord. It is holy. In other words, it's set apart to the Lord. Malachi chapter three, verse eight, God is talking here and he says, will a mere mortal rob God yet you rob me? But you ask in response, like, how are we robbing you? And then God says, here's how you're robbing me in tithes and offerings. Now here's what we have to understand. The only way that it can be robbing God is if it belongs to God. And so Heather and I have made a decision for a long time, we've been tithing. But I want you to know, especially if you're new around here, that we tithe, we implement this principle as a church, that from day one, I'm talking about week one as a church, we launched on September 16th, 2018. And from that week until today, we have given away at minimum 10% of everything that's been given. We tithe the tithe. And we've made a decision to do that. And I've learned through, that, through those years of tithing, not just personally, but also as a church, that it is one of the most practical ways 
to put God first in your life. I'm just telling you, you want to put God first on your life, which he wants to be. God does not want to be just on your list. He wants to be first on your list. And if one of, I'm telling you, tithing is one of the most practical ways to put God first in your life because the, the tithe is not just 10%. The tithe is the first 10%. That's what Exodus chapter 13 says in verse one and two. It says, the Lord said to Moses, dedicate to me every first, every firstborn among the Israelites, the first offspring to be born of both humans and animals belong to me. He's talking about the, the first things matter. In Exodus 23, 19, it says, as you harvest your crops, bring the very best of the first harvest to the house of the Lord your God. So let me practically show you what this can look like. Because I, I love to take like maybe some things that are potentially, um, you know, very deep spiritually and kind of put those cookies on the bottom shelf so that everybody can understand. So just imagine that in your job, you get paid $100. So I've got $100 here, 10 tens. So first of all, as I'm laying these things out, when you, if this is what you've experienced, say you get paid $100. First thing is that get a new job. Um, <laughs> kidding. Um, but I'm just going to lay this all out. So, so lay this out. Say you get paid $100, 10 $10 bills. And as I've laid these out, here's the question. First question. I'm just going to keep, I'm going to, I'm going to go deeper, 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 deeper. Okay. First question is what is God's out of this? Good. You did really good. You paid attention to point one. Yes, everything is God's. Everything. So how much is the tithe on $100? Some of you math challenge people are like, oh, let me see. Uh, where's uh, you carry the one and just do that. Okay. 10% of 100 is 10. So $10 would be the tithe if this was what it was. Now, here's a more difficult question, kind of one layer deeper. So which of the $10 is the tithe? Is it this one? Is it that one? Is it, is it the one I, I laid down first? Is it the one that's closest to me? Which of the $10 is the tithe? Well, it's, it's the first $10. So the question is, which is the first of the $10? Is it the one that's closest to me? Is it, is it like, which one is the first? Here's what we got to understand. The tithe is the first one that leaves your hand. The tithe is the first one that you spend. That's why the tithe is not just 10%. It's the first 10%. That's why whenever I'm talking to somebody about this, because it takes a step of faith to give first, not after you've paid your bills and your mortgage and the credit card bill is, is, is settled up and everything's good to go. And then it's like, what's left over? And then, okay, now I'm good. Now I can do that. That, that, that is giving, but it is not tithing. You essentially tithe to your mortgage company. The credit card bill got your tithe. MasterCard, Visa, Discover got the tithe. That, because the tithe is not just it's not just $10. Tithe is the first $10. It's the first one that leaves your hand. It's really important. Now, the question is, why does God ask us to do that? 
I've, I can tell you, I've wrestled with this. I grew up in church. There's never been a time in my life where I've been away from the house of God. And I've been talked about this from the time I was a little kid. And I think we all get to a place at some point in our lives where we have to wrestle with this. Like, why? Why? Does God need our money? Like, is the, is the light bill in heaven not going to get paid if we don't do this? Is like he running out of gold for the streets that are up in heaven? Like, why? Like, why? Why do we do this? I think it has nothing to do with our money. I think it has everything to do with our heart. And, and, and I'm telling you, the scripture that unlocked everything for me was Matthew chapter 6, where he starts in verse 19. It says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moss and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. That's kind of like the principle where it's like you've never seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul like, because you can't take that with you. And then it says in verse 20, it says, but store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moss and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. And here was the verse that unlocked everything for me. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Notice the order, because it's very important. He doesn't say that your treasure follows your heart. He says that your heart follows your treasure. That wherever your treasure goes, eventually your heart will catch up to it. In other words, that our money, our treasure, is connected to our hearts. Now, this really clicked for me, and I really understood this back in the day when my wife and I, we lived in Oklahoma City, and we were serving at a great church there, and uh, this was a while back, and she got me one of the best Christmas presents I've ever got in my life. It was a gift that kept on giving. She got me season tickets to the Oklahoma City Thunder basketball team, NBA. I'm a big NBA guy. I love basketball. Played basketball a lot in my life. And I, and I love, 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 love basketball. And, um, and, and I've always cared about basketball. I've always loved the NBA. I've always watched it. And, and I've always been a big sports fan. But I'm telling you, we had those tickets for about six seasons. And I cared more in those six seasons than ever before in my entire life. I'm telling you, I cared about everything when it came to that team. I watched every game if I could. I was there for the home games. I would watch every single away game on TV. I would schedule it. I made sure that I was there and that I was watching. I was analyzing like I was going to be asked by the coach to come in and give my expertise of what plays they should be running and how they should be running the offense this way. Like, I mean, like I was analyzing all the coaching decisions and the substitution patterns. And I'm telling you, I was kind of focused on everything. I was watching all the different deals and, and all the, the, the moves by the general manager, and I think they should trade for this person. And I even cared about the experience in the arena, like of what music was played and what the atmosphere was like and what the, what the signs were like. And man, I, I cared about like even like the concession stands and like the quality of food that was there. Now, I've always cared about the NBA, but I cared so much more there. Why? Because my money was there. And then all of a sudden, my care went to a whole nother level whenever that was the case, because th there is this truth from this scripture that our money is connected to our hearts. But let me make this very clear, and you need to understand, I believe this with all my heart, that God doesn't want or need your money. I believe with all my heart. 
So know that I'm not saying this for anything for me. God doesn't want or need your money. But unapologetically, I know without a shadow of a doubt, he does want your heart. And there is this principle. It's how he wired us that our heart is connected to our money. So God is the owner. So everything, one, belongs to God. Two, the tithe belongs to God. But we can't leave here today without understanding three, we belong to God. We belong to God. You do. I do. We belong to God. Psalm 24 verse 1 says that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. That was point one. That the world and all its people belong to him. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 19 and 20 says, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price. And that high price was Jesus. That Jesus, the son of God, that he went to the cross to pay for my sins and your sins. To literally purchase our freedom. That high price was Jesus. And this is what John 3.16 says. For this is how much God loved me and you and the entire world he gave. In other words, he paid the high price of his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And what blows me away is that he paid that price just for the chance that that last half would happen just for the chance that people would believe. Not guaranteed anything, but just for the chance. See, God paid that high price. And my burden for you this week, as I prepared and studied for this message, is that you would understand that God did not pay that high price of his son just to have part of you. And what I've learned is that I'm really good at times of giving God part of my life. I'm really good at saying, God, here are the areas where you can be involved in, but here are the areas that you are not allowed to mess with. This is the time in my schedule that you can be a part of, and that's the time that you can't. Here's this compartmentalized hour on my Sunday, and you can have your way, you can do whatever you want to in here, but I'm telling you, Monday through Saturday is mine. See, I'm, I'm really good at times of, God, I give you everything, but this one thing, nope, that one's mine. This one piece of my future, this one piece of my past, this one part of my heart, this one part of this question, this doubt, whatever, is that this, I won't let you in on that. But what I want you to understand is that God did not pay that high price just to have part of your life. He wants all of your life that he wants to be invited into and involved in every single area of your life, that he didn't pay for 5%, 10%, 50%, 90%, 99%. He paid the price of 100%. That's what he wants. He wants to be involved in your time, 
in your schedule. He wants to be involved and invited into your finances, in your relationships, in your marriage, and how you parent your kids, and the type of friend that you are. He wants to be invited into your job and your career. He wants to be invited into your business. He wants to be invited into the decisions that you need to make. He, needs, he wants to be invited into your future and your hopes and your dreams. Listen, God paid the high price of Jesus to have all of you. But here's the one thing I love about God. I love that even though he wants that, even though he paid for that, he will never, ever, ever force that. I love that about God, that he's a gentleman, that he will never force himself on you, that he always gives you a choice. And by the way, real love always demands a choice. Always. Love is not love without choice. And so he will never force. And here's the picture. Here is the picture that God gave me. If you want to know what this looks like, it's Romans chapter 12, verse 1, that says, so then, my friends, because of God's great mercy to us, in other words, because of what Jesus has done for me and for you, because God paid the high price of his one and only son, Jesus, I appeal to you, offer yourselves not just money, not just this compartmentalized hour of our week, but offer yourselves as a living sacrifice to God, dedicated to his service and to pleasing him. This is the true worship that we should offer. And here's the thing that jumped off the page at me is that phrase, living sacrifice, meaning that the sacrifice that's on the altar is alive. See, before this, all throughout the Old Testament, the sacrifices were dead. They weren't alive. And what I realized is that the only way, the only way for it to be a living sacrifice is one if it's forced, which God won't do. Or two, if it's a choice. If you make the decision to crawl up on the altar, yourself as a living sacrifice and choose to stay there. It's where you make the choice to give him everything, 100%, all of me, to fully surrender. And I'm telling you, this is an amazing picture of what it looks like to follow Jesus. This is an amazing picture of what it looks like to be a living sacrifice. That's amazing verbiage and just a great word picture of what it looks like to invite him into every single area of your life. And truth be told, that is a great picture of what our lives should look like every single day. But it's always a choice. He loves you enough to make that a choice. He will never force you to be a living sacrifice. It's your choice. And on June 25th, 1999, that was the day that I made the decision for the very first time to be a living sacrifice, to not just give him part of me, but to give him all of me. And it was on June 25th, 1999, on the back porch of a building at the college that I would go to, I got down on my knees and I made a decision, God, I give you everything, everything. I make the choice to be a living sacrifice there's not one area of my life I don't give to you, God. I invite you. I just don't want you. I need you 
in every single area of my life. And it was the first time I gave him everything. And I'm telling you, sometimes I, I like to get on my knees. Maybe it's in my times with my personal time with God and my devos, or maybe it is, you may see me in worship and I do this. And let me just tell you, it's very uncomfortable for me. But it reminds me, it reminds me of this is what I'm called to be. That I'm called to be a living sacrifice. That he always gives me this choice and all over again. And I'm truth be told, there's times where I have to make this decision over and over and over again. Every single day, I have to make the decision. I give you my life. I invite you into everything. I t- all over again, I'm a living sacrifice. There's days where I have to do it six times, seven times. Say, God, I give you everything. Why? Because I'm so prone to get off. Because I, it's a living sacrifice. And I'm telling you, I made this decision and I've had to make it over and over and over and over again. God, I'm a living sacrifice with my time, my marriage, my relationships, my finances, my future, everything. My life has never been the same. I think this is how he designed us to live. And maybe you've never made this decision. Maybe you've never made the decision to give him your entire life, to crawl up on the altar and be a living sacrifice. Maybe you've given him part, but not fully. Or maybe you have given him, maybe you have been here at one point in your life, but because we're alive and we're living sacrifice, you crawled off. I'm just telling you today, just like June 25th, 1999 was my day, I'll never forget that day. I've been praying that November 14th, 2021 could be your day where you make the decision. Say, God, I give, I give you everything. Everything. What I believe is if you do that, your life will never be the same. It may not be perfect. You're gonna go through hard things. Don't ever believe this lie and you will never hear it from this platform. Now, hey, follow Jesus and life will be great. You'll never go through anything hard. You'll never get sick. You'll never do, absolutely not. Jesus says in this world, you will have trouble. I cannot outrank him. That's what he said. But he also says, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So my challenge today, my challenge today is has nothing to do with finances. My challenge today is, are you a living sacrifice? And we want to give you that opportunity right now. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes and stay still. And just ask God right here, right now, just say, God, what are you saying to me today? Have the courage to pray that today. Ask him for a next step. Ask him like, God, what, what's a way that I can walk this out? Like, what does my response need to be to this message? And maybe for some of you, like you're hearing this message and your response needs to be to simply recognize right now that everything belongs to God, that he's the owner, not you. Maybe you need to repent from times of being selfish and saying mine, mine. Or maybe today the step that you need to take is take a step towards tithing or towards giving. 
And really, it's more than that, it's putting God first. Maybe that's the step you need to take. Or maybe today you need to crawl up on the altar as a living sacrifice and to fully surrender, to give him your life. And maybe you've never made that choice. You've never given him your life. You've never received the grace that you can experience in that moment. You never experienced the fresh start or maybe you have before, but now you find yourself just far from God and maybe you walked away from God. Maybe you crawled down off of the altar and today you just need a fresh start. You need to give him your life all over you. You need to crawl back up there. And we never wanna give you an opportunity to make the most important decision of your life, the decision to follow Jesus. We're not gonna point you out or make you come forward. We're not gonna embarrass you in any way. I just wanna lead you in a very simple prayer. And if that's your response today, whether it's for the first time or it's all over again, I'm gonna to count to three and I want you to boldly put your hand up in the air and I'm gonna ask every eye to be closed and not be looking around. This is a way for you to acknowledge God and say, God, today I am crawling up on the altar, fresh and anew, whether it's for the first time or it's all over again. I'm a living sacrifice today. I give you everything. And if you're here and that's you and that's your response today, I want you to boldly put your hand up in the air when I count to three. One, two, three. If that's you, put it up. That's awesome. That's awesome. Hands up or everywhere today. That's great. That's awesome. You can put your hands down. Just pray something like this in your heart. Just say, Jesus, I need you. I need you. And I'm sorry that I've lived my life without you. I'm sorry if I've crawled off of the altar. I've never been on there before. Will you come right now and live inside me and change me and make me brand new? I surrender my whole life to you. I give you my life. I crawl up on the altar. I recognize today that I was bought at a price, a high price. And Jesus, today I receive your grace. I receive a fresh start. I receive mercy. I receive forgiveness. And today, I choose to follow you. I choose to be a living sacrifice. You're not forcing me to. Nobody's forcing me to. I'm choosing to for the rest of my life. And so, God, we love you so much. And we thank you. Thank you. Thank you for Jesus. And it's through Jesus that we pray. And everybody said, amen. Now, church, there was a lot of hands that went up of people that just made what I believe is the most important decision of our lives. And I want you to know I am so proud of you, but we are so proud of you. So come on, church. Can you clap your hands and celebrate with them? That's awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com slash prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at Queen City People.